0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Categorically Romance podcast. My name is Brie, and I am so excited for today's chat. I have author Jennifer Snow here. Jennifer, welcome back to the podcast. Oh,
1: thanks so much for having me.
0: I'm so excited you're here. So let's start off with this. So this is, we're recording this at the very end of September. How has 2023 been for you up to this point?
1: Um, busy. <laughs> um. This year started off with me, uh, with having all of the holiday movies that I'm hoping to talk about today, um, needing to be written. So uh, a lot of them got the green light late in 2022 and most were going to camera in, in hopefully during the winter months. So a lot of them needed to be written kind of back to back, um, between October of last year. And I think I wrote the last one in March. So, um, it's been busy. And then I had a book, um, a book deal that I signed. So I ended up writing the book actually worked out really well because during the writer's strike, I was working on a novel. So, um, but all of these movies were written earlier in the year. So it was just back to back deadlines. So the year has been very busy.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So let, let, let's start with, um, explain for us kind of the process. So like you said, they got the green light. So did you like have to, cause you have seven movies, you have seven like movies coming up between now and the end of this year. That correct? Like they all come out in the next couple of months? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. So were these like ideas that you pitched? Did people come to you? Like what does that process look like before you you have even sat down and started the writing?
1: So for – Uh, Let's see, I think three. Yes, three of the holiday movies that are coming out this year um, were my original concepts that I pitched to different networks or to different production companies. um, And then they pitched them to the networks. Um, And then the, the others were work for hire projects that the production companies came and asked me to write for them. So, um, so it's a little bit of a mix, mix idea. One I had last year was actually based on a book. So, um, I do, you know, book adaptations, original concepts, and a lot of work for hire.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Remind me the name of the movie that came out last year. It was on up TV, right?
1: Yes. Uh, Christmas lucky charm.
0: Christmas lucky charmed, and I was like, guys, this is based on one of her books. <laughs> but yeah. like it, the the chain, the movie title and the book title weren't the same, so I was like, guys, no, this is the book.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was it was a funny process because the um, the producers really loved the hook of the Christmas lucky charm, you know, with Jess. Uh, you know every time she dates a guy once they break up they find their you know they're true love married yeah. <laughs> yeah and so they love the hook and but in the book the hero was actually um a, he worked for Doctors Without Borders. And it had a bit of a kind of a heavier undertone with him suffering through a little bit of PTSD and things like that. So we actually changed the hero completely to an art gallery owner. Um, but I was still able to kind of use the same material from the book and a lot of the same scenes and kind of repurpose them with the new direction. And it was actually really fun to get a chance to write kind of an alternate version of the same story. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it was, and it's fun to see which one readers and viewers kind of prefer, so.
0: Yeah, it was good. I like one the thing I think that makes me the most happiest about like knowing that like sitting down and watching a movie and knowing that you wrote it is it's like this is also one of my go-to like romance novel authors and I just think it's so cool to see you all like not, I don't want to say shifting but like occupying this space because like m- like these made-for-tv movies are such a big deal like to the, to the audience that love them. They are such a big deal to us. And I'm like, who better than the people that also like write romance, like romance writers. So for you, like, how did the shift into this space happen? And, and what are you enjoying most about like this new creative path that you're, you're on? Well,
1: I'd always wanted to write like screenplays and movies. And I find that, you know, a lot of my books are very fast paced. Um, They're not heavy on detail and things like that. I love my dialogue and and character development. So I think it was kind of a natural progression to move into screenplays for me. Um, So and I love, you know, the shorter, um, the shorter format and that kind of thing, like page count wise and word count wise and leaving, leaving the description and what things actually look like on set to, you know the the creative magic people that uh, work in production, and so um, the bottom line was I was watching all of these movies or all these books get optioned uh, and turned into movies, and I knew mine were kind of written tailored for this market and for this you know for the this, this TV movie market. So I was kind of getting a little frustrated that mine was not getting picked up because I kept telling people like, look, my book is so easy to adapt, and I'm like, it's mostly dialogue, like it's so easy. And it's sweet romance, you know, my book, Hollow series is sweet romance, everything. So I'm trying to pitch these books constantly and no one was picking it up. So I'm like you know, I'll find, I'll just do it myself. <laughs> so I bought a copy of Final Draft, uh, screenwriting software, and I downloaded a ton of scripts and read a ton of books. And I'm like, okay, you know, I will figure this out. So I, I essentially Googled my way through adapting the first, um, project. And, um, and then I went to a film conference, you know, I mean, I, I guess what's really nice about being new to a certain industry is that you're so not even, you don't know anything about it. So you don't really have anything to be afraid of yet.
0: Yeah. (laughs) No, I love that. Yeah.
1: I just threw myself into this AFM conference in Santa Monica and met with a bunch of producers and told them, this is what I've got. And and we were able to sell the first um, the first movie at, at that conference. So I came back to uh, two companies wanting the script. Um, these were Mistletoe and Molly. That was another movie that came out on TV in 2021. And um, yeah, just kind of skyrocketed from there once that movie came out. I you know I loved the process and loved doing it. So then I just kept reaching out to the production companies that I had met at the conference, and you know saying I'm here. This is what I'm doing. Pitching new ideas. Um, so, yeah, and it's just kind of been a natural transition. I, I really enjoy it. And I agree with you that, you know, having people who have, you know, I've written 40 romance novels. And so, and I keep telling all my, my author friends, you know, we are the people who should be writing these movies. Yes. because we, we, yes. we know how, you know, and it is a little different. You know, these the TV movies are a little lighter than what I know a lot of my romance author friends write. Um, you know, the heat levels are all, you know, obviously a G rating and things like that. So they need to be a bit different. But you know, we know the space and we know what the readers, what readers want and, and, and essentially what viewers want. So I agree. I, I keep telling everyone they need to kind of, you know, if they own the film rights to their books, it's a great place to start to try to break into the industry. So
0: writing process wise, can you share with us like how writing the screenplay is different or similar to like sitting down and writing a novel? Like time wise, is it like a, a huge difference?
1: Um, it is. I find for screenplays, most of the t- most of the time is actually spent away from the computer. Um, whereas, you know, with, with novels, you have to you know 80, 80 to one hundred thousand words, so you're sitting at the computer a lot. You know, developing those those stories. Um, for me, I you know my process for screenplays is to you know grab my loose treatment. I, I don't plot too much, but I will grab a you know a loose treatment. And open final draft and just block it all out, you know, put a, put everything in there as to, you know, first act, second act, third act. It'll usually be about 20 to 30 pages of just everything on the page of what the essential moments are and the essential beats. And then and then it's, okay, well, who are these characters and, you know, what do they want and, and coming up with the motivation and things like that. Um, and then developing... Uh, developing it more but I find it happens away from the computer you know when I'm in the shower or driving or you know with my family at the beach or something then I'm I'm thinking about those characters I'm thinking about that story and I'm just making notes on in my phone or on, on a notebook and then it's going back to the computer and sitting there and doing it so I find with the screenwriting um, I mean I could essentially write a script I've done adaptations in two days because the material is there from a book I can, yeah you know, so so the actual Writing of the script and final draft to me is is, is a lot easier and shorter um, time wise, um, but it's a lot of you know most of the time is away from the computer, thinking about the plot, thinking about the characters and how I want things to go and how to make it unique and fun and that kind of thing. So um, yeah, so and, and the movies are written in you know two to three weeks. Uh, there's a very short turnaround time for these, whereas my books I usually have a couple of months um, for deadline. Wow.
0: Yeah. yeah. I love so much that you basically like have self-taught yourself <laughs> this whole process. That is so cool. That's so cool. Cause I, you know, I think even with like romance novel world, I always assumed that like editors were all these people that, you know, studied classics and stuff. And most of them were like, nope, didn't do anything bookish wise in college, <laughs> you know? So to see, like, your your st- your stories come to life, I would have thought, like, okay, she, she did, like, screenwriting in college, and she's finally, like, you know, dipping her toe into the world. But to hear, like, you basically taught yourself, that is so cool. That's so inspiring.
1: Well, I'm happy you think that. I had an interview with, <laughs> with <laughs> another person, and it was a very short-lived interview because she said, where did you go to school? Uh, where did you go to film school? And so I didn't. And she's like, <laughs> okay, well, which contests have you entered your scripts into and which have they won? And I'm like, I haven't. No, <laughs> <laughs> and so she's like, well, how are you doing this? And I'm kind of like, Google? And she's like, okay. So yeah, so the interview didn't last very long. Um, I love that. But, you know, that's kind of how I've done it. Just, you know, figure it out. And
0: that there's yeah. so many
1: resources online and, you know, and some really great resource books that I, you know, I reread over and over and that kind of thing. So um yeah.
0: And I love that it came from a place of like, you were already a fan of them. Like you were watching them, like for I'm just, my mind is blown. Anybody that like listens and like you're watching these movies, you just, it just takes an idea. And then like you said, get on Google and teach yourself how to do it. And then I love that you just like, you went to the conference on your own. Like you just showed up. That is really cool. That's really cool.
1: It was fun. And I mean, the energy at these conferences is so great. You know, you meet all these people and the face to face access to the execs and things like that, I think really does help a lot. If, if anyone can, you know, um, afford to go time wise and, you know, financially and stuff like that, the film conferences are definitely what I recommend to break into the industry. There's a lot of ways you can do it online as well. But um, being there is is it's so different. Um, I'm heading to MIPCOM again next month and two weeks, actually. And I just can't wait. I'm meeting with the producers I currently work with and meeting with a bunch of new ones. And so, yeah, it, it's definitely a valuable thing to do.
0: And as of right now, are the like the majority of the films that you've written, are they all on UPTV?
1: Um, no. So uh, 14 Love Letters was... Um, it's, not, it's non-seasonal, so that one was on Super Channel, and then it was um, acquired by Hallmark Movies and Mysteries. So
0: okay, I remember be- seeing that one, but they I was like, okay, this was on somewhere else first. Okay, so that makes sense. Okay.
1: And then uh, one of the ones coming out this year, Christmas in Maple Hills, will be on INSP.
0: Ooh, okay. And, and
1: Sworn Justice, the action romance um, with Vivica Fox and Peter Lawson and this hugely amazing cast that one's coming out on BET plus
0: oh my god and
1: then I have a secret one I know I said seven movies there's actually eight there's a secret one that I'm not allowed to talk about yet and that's okay
0: (laughs) well for the up tv ones like especially during the holidays like my friends and I have had a lot of conversations about this I think up tv is doing something really special and I'd I'd love to hear I mean i I I know you already were like a fan of the movies, but now like that you have your writer, your screenwriter hat on. um, I just, I feel like they are writing really fun movies. I feel like they're, the movies are, I think it's really, I may be totally wrong by this, but like, I feel like up TV movies are written for like, maybe people that are like inching their way into the holiday movie watching space, but like Hallmark can be really overwhelming. I feel like Hallmark's demo like they are still trying to really hold on to like their old school audience where I'm like, guys, you gotta, you gotta bring in like fresh perspectives and you want, you want the, you want the younger viewers to become your mm-hmm. older viewers. And I feel like up TVs movies are for like, the early 20s and the like the girls in their 30s like myself like i'm like these these feel different than i think a lot of the the christmas movies can feel um as a writer of them is that something you ever think about or something you have to think about like when you're writing do you have like a specific like age demographic in in mind like cuz i'm always like i want i want new people to fall in love with these movies yeah. is that something you guys ever have to think about does that make sense
1: yeah, yeah, no. And I, I think, um, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. UpTV um, definitely has a different aesthetic. And I think the reason why a lot of my movies find a home there is um, because I share that aesthetic with uh, one of the execs over there, Chrissy Miller. She's one of my favorite people in the entire universe. And we met at NIPCOM last year and we basically have decided we are twins from different different mothers and we <laughs> yes. live in different sides of the planet but we are essentially the same person and so I feel like um, meeting her it actually kind of made it a lot more clear to me as to why a lot of my concepts that I had submitted <laughs> were getting the Work, yeah um, because we do have the same sensibilities and, and you're right FTV does uh, tend to want to do kind of funner like fresh stuff that's targeted towards the younger crowd and things and, and, I, and it is you know different beat sheets for different networks so you know I've seen you know during the INSP movie, you know, they wanted certain things. Um, and, and they're different than what up TV looks for. So it, um, yeah, no, it, it's definitely, it's definitely really fun to kind of, you know, watch these movies and be a fan of them. And then to see that, yeah, that's the kind of stuff I like to write. Uh, you know, I like the humor. I like the, the younger, the younger, uh, you know, the, the, the cast being slightly younger and at, you know, uh, different stages in their lives and stuff. like that. I mean, I, I like the heartwarming um, older, um, stories and things like that too. But, uh, I do find that they do try to target that, you know, um, that younger working, um, I don't know, just kind of fresh, fun type of demographic demographic. So yeah, definitely, definitely something that I do think about when I'm writing the movies targeted for them. You know, um, I have one with a child in it coming out on up TV this year, but for the most part, it's mostly, you know, um, career, career people, couples, you know, but, and, and focused on those elements friendships you know that kind of thing
0: so yeah yeah because like Christmas Christmas Lucky Charm when I watched it last year I was like this this feels like it was made for me and like (laughs) my group of friends I just I loved it I loved it so much um okay so you have seven movies can you tell us, I don't know, I don't know if you know them in order, however you want to tell us, like tell us what's coming out from you.
1: So luckily, they will be replaying um, Mistletoe Molly and Christmas Lucky Charm again this year on UPtv. So that's exciting. And then, um... Country Hearts Christmas is going to be the sequel to Country Hearts. So, Country Hearts is releasing October twenty second on UPtv, um, and it stars uh, Chris Jericho, and it's such a fun family um, family drama about country music and rock and royal rock and roll royalty. Um, who have two daughters that are finding themselves at this crossroads between fam- choosing between family and their career and that kind of thing. And it's just, a, it was such a fun series to write. It was um, a concept that Brain Power had come to me with, and I just fell in love with it immediately, the idea of country music and and this farm and this horse breeding business and things like that. And then, of course, I'm a huge wrestling fan, so when they said that they were thinking of casting Chris Jericho, I was, like, all in. So that was really <laughs> fun. And so that releases October, and then The Country Hearts Christmas is the sequel um, to that movie, and that's going to be releasing uh, beginning of November, I believe, so November 5th or 6th, I'm not sure. They're all on TV's website now. Um and then we're Scrooged is releasing uh, the following week, so early November uh, looks like it's gonna be played quite a few times. so that's exciting. Uh, that one was really fun. I, I have a story about that one. I, uh, it's a, obviously it's a Christmas Carol retelling and um, a couple of minutes before my pitch call uh, with Power to send, you know send them some ideas for new Christmas movies last year. Um, I hadn't thought of this one and I was just kind of sitting there waiting for the call and it came to me that, you know, I'd love to do my own Christmas carol retelling, but you know, how do I make it different? And so within like four minutes, I kind of came up with this plot and I was so excited about it that I was dancing around my kitchen like a moron and I'm not coordinated <laughs> at all. Like, like I box and boxing is safer for me than like Zumba or something. So I'm dancing around my kitchen, excited about this concept and I break my foot in three different places. Oh my gosh. Yeah, minutes before the call. So I'm like, give the call still crying and my foot is in ice and it was just a mess but luckily they loved it and luckily MTV liked it so um it was worth breaking my foot over
0: (laughs) the one photo that I have seen like of this movie online is like three characters it looks like they're in like maybe like the high school hallway or something there's paper all over the place it looks like like two of them are in pajamas I'm like what is going on here I'm so intrigued (laughs)
1: it's it's so fun i mean they're they're being haunted together so it's uh it's a really it's a really kind of fun twist on the idea um yeah i just i loved writing that one i thought it was great and it's so fun it's so cute i've I've seen an early cut of it and it is it just turned out beautifully um brain power really brings the magic with special effects and stuff it's it's great really really i can't
0: wait i'm so excited for that
1: so then, uh, there's Christmas time capsule. So that one is, um, it was actually a concept I came up with in 2016, um, uh, about, you know, the, the this, uh, these two friends that are on this road trip to get back this family heirloom, uh, engagement ring. Uh, and she has, you know, three days to kind of, you know, let, convince him not to marry somebody else and that she's the right one for him. And it's, um, it came to me in 2016. And unfortunately, publishers just did not go for it. And I was like, are you kidding? I love this story. I really want to write it. And so it just kept, you know, kind of plaguing me. And so I added it to the list of the concepts I pitched to Brainpower last year, and they liked it. And I thought, you know, I do too. (laughs) And so and luckily, UpTV liked the concept. And so that one, and it was so great. It was almost like, you know, when those I know just it was it was good knowing that it happened when it should because if it had sold as a book in 2016 I likely wouldn't have held the film rights and this movie would not be coming out this year so it's almost like it happened at the right time in the right way and I'm just so happy it's coming out it's it's my favorite for sure (laughs) I don't know if I'm allowed to say that about my own movies but it's my favorite that I have no
0: when I was reading it I was like this sounds so good I love like a time capsule the whole premise just sounds fantastic and then It has Franco, who is one of my favorite, like, Christmas movie hunks.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and it's wonderful because Franco and Emily are actually engaged in real life. Yes. Their chemistry on set is just amazing. I don't think anyone could have done this movie as good as they do. It is Uh so good. Like, when they're in love with each other and when they're frustrated with each other, it is just, I always say my favorite Franco is frustrated Franco.
0: (laughs) Oh, he's so good. Yes. (laughs)
1: So, So, yes. It, yeah you'll love that one if you're a fan of franco that one will not disappoint
0: uh, and then do you have the did we talk christmas at the amish bakery or no no
1: nope. so that one's coming out december 10th i know the year date for that one um and yeah that one that one was a concept that um nicely entertainment uh brought to me so that one was actually really fun because i had never really i'd never written amish before so um It was great. It was great to be able to kind of research something new and a, you know, a different way of life and that kind of thing. And, and quite honestly, like I've seen a few Amish movies already, and I feel like they don't always portray, um, that way of life and that community in a positive light. Um, and so I really wanted to, I I really wanted to kind of show the beautiful way that they celebrate the holidays and they put the focus on what's important. And, um, yeah. So I, I think we've pulled it off. I really do. I think this movie turned out really, really beautifully and, and, um and, and just all the stuff that I was able to kind of learn and incorporate about the Amish throughout the process was really fun. So yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That one, that one's yeah. Again, I, I've seen it really cut. I love it. I think it looks really great. So I'm hoping, you know, fans will, will definitely enjoy that one. Um, and then, yeah, so that's everything for up TV. Um, okay. And then Christmas in Maple Hills will be an INSP movie, and that one was really fun, too, because it's got a bit of a mystery element to it, and this was a concept Brain Power came to me with, and they uh, had this idea for this beautiful kind of a double uh, romance, dual timeline, uh, so you'll see some of the... Um, the heroine's uh grandmother's love story from the past and it plays out beautifully on screen and it's emily alatella again and she's with um marcus rosner in this one and the two of them were just fantastic so yeah that's a fun one i love the
0: poster for it and it sounds like it's a a christmas card mystery and i'm like oh my gosh yeah (laughs) I'm a a Christmas card lover, so.
1: Yes, it's so fun. She finds a a Christmas card from the wartime uh, to her grandma, but it's not from her grandpa. So it leads the family on this, you know, search for who is this mysterious person. And, um... It just, it just unfolds so nice. And and I'll be honest, it was my first attempt at a mystery. Well, something with a mystery element It's not a huge, it's not huge on mystery, but it has that tone of a mystery. And, um, and so it was kind of a challenge at first to kind of like piece all the puzzle together and who is who and who, you know, what are they doing and how did they discover all of it? Uh, So it was a really fun challenge to write. So I was really kind of happy to be brought on, on board with that one. And then the last one is Sworn Justice, which is going to be um, BET Plus. And a uh, huge cast uh, cash from Michelle Morgan, Leland B. Miller, Vivica Fox. Um, Preacher Lawson is in it. And I have a story about him. My son and I both watched um, America's Got Talent years ago. And he was on there. That was our first introduction to Preacher Lawson. And uh, he's an amazing comedian. And my son and I both, like, just love him. That He's, like, our favorite. And... We, my husband and I saw he was coming to a comedy club in our, um, we lived in Edmonton, Alberta before we moved to Spain. And so he was coming to a uh, comedy club and my husband and I went, and my son was so mad because he couldn't go. <laughs> and so <laughs> we met Preacher after the show and he recorded a video for my son, um, which was amazing. He my, my son loved that. So he saw the video and then a few years later he came back, but it was an all ages show. So my son was able to go. So then he, he got a chance to meet him and get photos with him and stuff. And so again, we just our love affair with Preacher Lawson continued. And then it was Christmas Eve. I was in London uh, for Christmas, and I get um, some messages from like behind the scenes on set, and there's photos of Preacher Lawson on the Justice set, and I'm like, oh my goodness, Preacher! <laughs> <laughs> and my son was like losing his mind. I was like the
0: total coolest mom in the
1: world now. So yeah, it's oh uh, god,
0: yeah, the mom yeah. point. You got
1: him. <laughs> I like, so, so that's, that's really neat.
0: And that's, so is this action. like a suspense
1: movie? It's action. It's, it's really cool. Um, yeah, again, a little outside my wheelhouse and, um, it's co-written with the director. So, and she was, she's fantastic. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really fun one. I think, I think that one's going to do really well as well. And I mean, everybody loves Vivica Fox and Michelle Morgan and Leland and yeah, the cast is just the
0: cast fantastic. is amazing. Yeah. yeah. So. Oh my gosh. So are you like kept up with like, okay. Once it goes into their acting, they're making the movie happen. How in touch with that process are you? Um,
1: Well, I don't know if it's standard or not, but when I first started, you know, selling movies to, to the production companies, I just kind of asked, like, can I be kept into the loop? Like, can I see casting as it happens? Can I see dailies as it's filmed? Just because, you know, it's exciting. Like, I didn't want to weigh in on anything or be a pain in the butt. I just wanted to see it because, you know, I, I, you know, when you're slugging through day after day, sitting at a computer, it's kind of like watching it come to life is highly motivating yeah yeah um, and so they and they have both you know all the production companies that I work with are amazing and they are letting me look at the casting you know and letting me see all the dailies as it's filmed and you know sending early cuts so I can take a look at them before they come out and and so it's been um yeah I don't have any say in anything (laughs) but but it's been just yeah like like
0: I was was hoping that you were just kind of still able to be part of the process of like like you said like seeing like I just want to see who the actors are you know yeah oh that is so cool That's
1: yeah cool. it's really great and then you know and then all the the actors emailing and stuff like it, it's it's so rewarding there's um there's an actor from um time capsule who you know reached out and just said you know he uh he really enjoyed playing the the, the role and the character and it was just you know and, and hearing that from the actors is just so i don't know it's I know, it's all the validation I need to kind of keep going. So,
0: yeah, it's almost like when you write your romance novel, like a character actually physically <laughs> being able to say, you know, I loved this, Jennifer. Thank you for letting me be part of it. <laughs>
1: That's so exactly. cool. Yes. I try to keep my fangirling to a minimum, you know, yeah. especially, especially around, you know, Franco.
0: You were writing these movies, you said between October and then March of this year, I guess like, do you get to enjoy the season or are you already like in prep mode for next year? Like, how does that work for you?
1: yeah um well I, I am writing some romances that are non-seasonal as well but for the most part it seems like a lot of what I do is seasonal even whether that's books or movies um but, uh, probably because I'm obsessed with Christmas and I just I just love it so um so it's pretty much you know Christmas 365 uh for me yeah we actually we actually have Christmas bed sheets on our, our bed all year round <laughs> I'm not even joking. It was like, you know, 40 degrees here in Spain and we've got 40 degrees Celsius, I should probably clarify, here in Spain in August and we're, you know, in flannel bedsheets with reindeer on them, but uh, (laughs) it's it's our life, you know, it's kind of all-consuming. And, but I do, uh, you know, during the holidays... the publisher shuts down and production typically shut down for a few weeks and no one's needing things from me that urgently. I don't think, you know, not yet anyway. So I, yeah, I can enjoy the season. And I, I think it's important to, I've, I'm actually kind of as busy as I am. I, I do think I have a pretty good um, work life balance, uh, especially living here in Spain. My husband's are, like he early retired and we moved here. So it's been, um, yeah, just, you know, making sure that we're doing the things that we work hard to enjoy, you know, and traveling and and, you know, taking that time. So, yes. So I do get to enjoy Christmas. And I get to listen to Christmas music all year round as I'm writing these things.
0: win win. You've got like the best, the best <laughs> life. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I like to ask what is your current, and this may be holiday, but I feel like your holiday, like you said, all year round. Um, what's your current romance era? Like what are you enjoying in romance?
1: Well, well, the book that I have coming out next year is, um, a speculative speculative rom com um, that has a she's a psychic life coach,
0: <laughs> so oh <my> gosh.
1: <laughs> um, that's kind of yeah she's she's been messing with faith a lot uh, with her clients' um, futures and so it's it, it's really fun and so you know, I've never really thought of writing speculative or sci-fi or anything like that or adding those elements to my romance um, novels. And so this one's a little bit, uh, it's going to be more general fiction and women's fiction. It still has a huge romantic uh, subplot throughout, Uh, but it's a little different. But I think lately I've been just trying to find different ways. I mean, after 40 romance novels and now, you know, 12 romance movies, it's kind of, know try to keep things fresh and kind of different just for my own you know my own enjoyment more than anything just i I, i'm i'm at that phase where i only want to write things that i am passionate about and i love and and i think my best work comes out through that so um you know so glimpse the speculative rom-com releasing next year was just how do i do something different how do i you know how do i inject something different that my readers haven't seen before and that I haven't written before, you know, just out of pure not wanting to be bored, <laughs> bored yeah. writing these books. And so I think speculative is kind of where I'm. I'm kind of really enjoying. And one of the books that I really love is, and I reread it all the time, is Christina Lauren's um, In Holidays, and it's that whole Groundhog Day loop. The
0: Groundhog Day. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: and I just think it's so fun. So just I'm just been trying to play around with those kind of elements um, in my romances uh, on the book side. Um, the the, the Uh, script for a glimpse is done as well i'm hoping that i can probably get it picked up as a movie as well maybe if mipcom is nice to me this year i might be able to find a home for it um because i I just think it's such a fun kind of concept and something different so uh yeah so speculative is kind of where i've been you know kind of binging these days and and seeing where that takes me and i've got like a sliding doors type concept that um i'm hoping to pitch next so
0: with with um with the movie world um are you and and I don't know if this is information that you're like, you're privy to or like something you're able to just kind of see yourself as both the writer and a fan. But like, does it feel like there are, are you ever told like, we're looking for this? I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Like, is there, are they looking for certain things? Are they wanting more Christmas rom-coms? Are they wanting to see more Christmas mysteries? Like, what do you feel like the, the world that, that space, like, what do they want to be giving viewers? Like,
1: Definitely nudged. I mean, a lot of, a lot of, you know, some, like I said, some of my concepts that were my own concepts got greenlit, which was, which was fantastic. But the majority of what I have coming out this year were concepts that were brought to me and, and it comes from the production companies, but it's Further up, it comes from the networks and they're saying, we'd like to have this, or this is what's doing well with our viewers. And so then they go to the production companies and then the production companies go out to their writers and say, this is what the market is looking for. Um, And so having spec scripts that show off your talents and, and your skills is really great. A lot of times, those aren't the movies that get made. It's the ones that, you know, you use them as a sample. And then the production company says, oh, hey, you know, we really like your writing style. We have this idea. And mysteries are definitely something that I'm seeing a lot of, a lot, a lot of, uh, networks and a lot of production companies definitely want those cozy mystery vibe um, types of movies uh, so I don't think they're going away anytime soon so if anyone has ideas for those I think you'd probably have a better you know easier time selling that than than for example my speculative rom-com which is a little bit outside the box and of what people are looking for right now um, so yeah no it definitely does come more from the network and and I um, it, there's a great book and I'm going to going to shout this out, Scott Kirkpatrick from uh, Nicely. has a book called Mastering the Pitch and it's a fantastic resource. I read it all the time. Um, And he is very um, uh, vocal about the fact that, you know, if you're trying to break into, you know, the TV uh, movie space, uh, it does typically work that way a lot of the time where, you know, you have to go and see what the networks are looking for and fill fill those needs as opposed, and, and it's easier to break in that way when you fill those needs instead of, You know, having um, a project that this is the only project that you want to write and and the only project that you want to sell. If you're open to the idea of those, these work for hire and collaborating and things like that, it's a much easier path to break in.
0: Well, please tell us, like, tell us one of your Let's end off with a holiday question. Like, tell me one of your favorite holiday traditions, whether it's something you do with your family or something you did growing up. Maybe you have a favorite movie to watch. Like, tell me some of your favorite holiday things to do.
1: Okay. Um... When we lived in Canada, we had a big family. We always hosted and we everyone would come over. Uh, since moving to Spain, we, we do travel Christmases. We go to different places and it's just the three of us. And so we try to make fun wherever we go. Um, but when we lived in Canada and we had the big family Christmases, one of the things that it was a must do, my son refused to have Christmas without it, was um, a saran wrap ball game. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but you just buy a bunch of, and it's usually you know, dollar store items or <laughs> things that homemade stuff, you know, nothing really expensive, but you just wrap all these little presents into this big ball of saran wrap. And it just, I don't know how many saran wrap packages I used to go through, but it, this, this ball would be massive and heavy at the end of, with all these gifts wrapped in it, gift cards and, you know, different things. And um, everyone sits in a circle and I have these massive dice um, that you, so one person has it with, uh, this sounds really (laughs) really complicated. It's not. You have oven mitts on, you're holding the ball, um, and you're trying to unwrap the presents from the surround wrap. Uh, before the person next to you rolls a particular number, whatever you've numbered, you've decided on. Uh, and whatever you can get out of this round wrap ball in that time is yours. And then you have to pass the ball on. So it's a constant game where someone is always constantly rolling to try to get the round wrap ball and someone is <laughs> ripping this wrap off, you know, and trying to do it with oven mitts on. So it's not as easy as it sounds. Um, And this thing can go on for hours and it's so fun and people get so passionate over these little tiny dollar store items (laughs) (laughs) that no one actually wants at the end of the day. It's the
0: the principle of it. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Totally. Most of the stuff is left at my house once everyone leaves and I'm like, what am I supposed to do with this? But um, yes. So, but it's just fun. And it's, you know, it gets kind of heated and, uh, you know, family debates going on and, you know, so it's, it's fun. It's fun. So a lot of, Family do the whole white elephant game and we used to do that but then when i saw the surround wrap one i knew that was something different that we could all enjoy so so now even though it's only the three of us and we we, we travel to wherever we're going for christmas i still make a small one and we do it in the hotel room because <laughs> my son can't have christmas without it
0: without it yeah. Oh, yeah i love that um well can you tell everyone where we can and should be keeping up with you online
1: uh yeah my website is jennifersnowauthor.com and that usually has everything updated my movies and my books and you can sign up for a newsletter um, on the on my website that's the way i communicate mostly with with uh readers and viewers and that kind of thing i try to send one out maybe once a month about the different movies coming out that kind of thing um i'm also going to be mentoring at a couple of different writers retreats next year so um, any information about the writers retreats go out through my newsletter. So the newsletter on my website is definitely the best way to keep in touch. Um, and if you email me or respond to emails, I always answer. Um, I'm also on Instagram, Jen Snow Author, I, on Twitter but I'm not sure how you would actually find me. I don't use it very often. <laughs> and my Facebook page, I've been locked out of forever. You, you can tell I'm not really social, like social media or <laughs> inclined fine, yeah. here. Um, <laughs> not very tech savvy, so I have no idea how to get my account on Hacked on Facebook. Um, but I am on there. But uh, best bet is my email and or my newsletter on my website.